G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Wednesday, we like to check in on the latest breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. And those things that are breaking this week, Ron Ross has been across those headlines. He's back with us. Hey, Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Hey, Ron, let's talk about the Prime Minister in Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu. Some questions abound, the headlines say, about the health of Benjamin Netanyahu after he was hospitalised over the weekend. What's the latest here? Yeah, moments after Prime Minister Netanyahu was discharged from the hospital on Sunday morning following an overnight stay for what his office said was dehydration monitoring, questions quickly surfaced about the Premier's overall health after the hospital announced that he was fitted with a subcutaneous heart monitor. A joint statement from the Prime Minister's office and Sheba on Saturday said that Netanyahu complained of dizziness after spending several hours in the sun at the Sea of Galilee on Friday amid an intense heat wave across the country. He was brought to the hospital on Saturday by convoy from his home in Caesarea, where he was spending the weekend. He was said to be fully conscious and walking without assistance. The Haaretz and Wallad news sites reported that Netanyahu had lost consciousness at home. However, this was not addressed in a video the Prime Minister recorded at the hospital on Saturday night, where he said he was feeling very good, or in any formal statement from Sheba. An unsourced Channel 12 news report on Saturday said Netanyahu had complained of chest pains before he was taken to the hospital. On Sunday morning, the hospital said that Netanyahu underwent a series of comprehensive and routine examinations, including a heart exam, all of which came out completely normal, and that the official medical diagnosis was dehydration. Well, he's certainly been difficult to contain, but then a health issue can have its own really significant outcomes. Hey, Ron, let's move on. After a lengthy standoff, US President Joe Biden has finally invited Benjamin Netanyahu to the White House. What are the reports saying here? Yeah, Biden on Monday agreed to meet Netanyahu in the United States after twice refusing to host him in the White House. The Biden-Netanyahu call came as President Herzog visited with Biden yesterday. He will address a joint session of Congress celebrating 75 years of ties between the two countries. That's President Herzog. Just last week, Biden called the current Israeli government the most extreme in 50 years, citing its minister's support for expanding West Bank settlements, its opposition to a Palestinian state. There are also tensions over Biden's push to conclude an agreement with Iran to prevent it from becoming a nuclear power. Israel believes the tentative deal would not be nearly strong enough to halt Iran's push to produce atomic weapons. 
Netanyahu updated Biden on the expected passage next week in the Knesset of the reasonableness bill, which is part of the package of judicial overhaul legislation. He assured Biden that consensus talks would be held over the summer on other overhaul bills, even though this bill is moving forward without consensus. An interesting one, Ron, around Israel's defence, where there are concerns rising as dozens of Israeli Air Force pilots threaten to cease volunteering over the judicial reform issue. What's being reported in this one? I think this is very important for us to really understand what's going on here. We're called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And in some areas of the media, they're suggesting a civil war is not an impossibility. And here we have tens of thousands of protesters packed the streets of Tel Aviv on Saturday night, marking the 28th straight week of demonstrations against the government's plan to reform the judiciary. Protest leaders promised further days of disruption lie ahead. The government gave initial approval to a key portion of the overhaul earlier this week. The bill still needs to be approved in two more votes, expected to come by the end of the month. The decision to push ahead with the bill also sparked renewed threats from IDF reservists, including from pilots, to cease volunteering if the government moves forward with this legislation. In Tel Aviv, protesters unrolled a massive banner reading SOS. They threw paint powder into the sky, streaking it pink and orange. Women dressed in red robes as characters from the novel and TV series The Handmaid's Tale. Once again, they took to the streets, suggesting that judicial reform could strip women of their rights. On Tuesday, protesters blocked major highways and disrupted operations at Ben-Gurion International Airport after the coalition advanced a bill that is part of the overhaul. Organisers said they would hold another day of disruption if Netanyahu continues to move ahead with his plan. Isn't it challenging, Ron? You might have your own thought here too, but when you think of those Israeli Air Force pilots, uh, we might be thinking it's a stretch to think that some of those might be volunteers, a little bit like reservists, uh, volunteer defence force personnel, or even a little bit like SES or firefighters might be volunteers here. Is that the way that it sometimes works when you've got constant threats around defence? Is that something normal for Israel? Well, Israel is in a situation where many are reservists, most of the population are reservists, and they're on standby at any time in the event of a terrorist attack or a threat to the nation of Israel. And while I was there, I saw many of my friends called up for action uh, in uh, uh, the Defence Forces. But what we see playing out here is a situation where a left-wing government in the United States is supporting a left-wing opposition in Israel, and it's causing turmoil. Yes, uh, we'll no doubt be monitoring that along. Ron, another headline. A new survey reveals public attitudes towards religious influence in Israel. What's the story here? 56% of Israel residents aged 20 and over believe that the influence of religion has strengthened in various areas in recent years, according to a new data published by the Central Bureau of Statistics, 
as part of a new social survey regarding public attitudes towards the influence of religion in Israel. Additionally, around 73%, that's approximately 4.28 million people, believe that religion has a strong impact on life in the country. From the breakdown, it emerges that the percentage is similar among men and women, while among Jews and Arabs, the rate is higher compared to Arabs. The proportion of those who believe that religion has a strong impact on life in the country is higher among residents of large cities, with over 200,000 residents, ranging from 81% in Haifa and 60% in B'nai Brak. Over half believe there should be a separation between religion and the state. Okay, and let's top off our segment today, Ron. The Israeli government says it'll protect archaeological sites in the West Bank. How does this one look? The region of Judea and Samaria is of significant international and national historical and archaeological importance, the Prime Minister's office has said. Scant resources have been placed to maintain or preserve most of those sites, leaving many of them vulnerable to robbery and vandalism, as well as natural decay. In the recent years, we've witnessed increasing damage to archaeological sites in Judea and Samaria as a result of antiquities theft, illegal construction at the archaeological sites, and a deliberate policy by those who are hostile to the State of Israel, the Prime Minister said in a statement. The government warned that Palestinians are destroying the sites to erase the link between Jews and the biblical heartland. The current plan is an extension of the 2010 National Heritage Project to preserve sites of cultural, religious and historical significance, which included two sites in Judea and Samaria, the Tomb of the Patriarchs in Hebron and Rachel's Tomb in Bethlehem. Ron, always outstanding to get your insights as you've scoured the headlines and bringing us an update each Wednesday. Thanks so much for doing that once again today on 2020. You're welcome, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 